Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, people, it's uh, Dave Fensom here sending a shout out to all of the collaborators. That's what I want to call you uh, guys moving forward and will inevitably forget to. Uh, anyway, thank you for joining us for this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Uh, as you can see, it's been an extra week. It's been three weeks since the last one. My apologies, really. Mostly it's my schedule that kind of delays them. Please don't be surprised if the next few are slightly delayed. We aim for every two weeks um, and Krista does an amazing job once we get the recording done. Uh, however, uh, my schedule has just been absolutely nuts in terms of what's going on i've got a full-time job i've got a baby i'm selling a house um and i'm booking something like 60 70 uh shows at the moment that are going to be happening in the brighton fringe and beyond so yeah let me tell you a little bit about those to start off with if you are in the brighton area or you're fancying coming down for a weekend uh the brighton fringe is running from this friday which is the 28th of may uh, all the way through to the uh end of june I think there's some, a little bit of extension as well. Uh, during that, I'm running my On The Edge shows, which are kind of uh, compilation shows of new acts. I've got some really, really good headliners for some of those, people like Mark Simmons, who's been on Mark the, Mark the Week, Jake Lambert. Uh, we've got some really, really great acts coming through, so please come down to those 8.45 to 9.45 at The Walrus on Ship Street in Brighton. They're super, super cheap to get in. Uh, but also, really excitingly, I'm back running The Late Show for the guys at The Warren. I've got a beautiful, beautiful beautiful 200 capacity amphitheatre that I'm booking. I've got some of the best acts in UK comedy. I've got acts like Henin Wen, Reginald D. Hunter. I've got Paul Sinner. I've got Larry Dean. I've got Milton Jones. I've got some fucking brilliant guests. I've got Zoe Lyon. I've got Maisie Adam. I've got all these great, great comedians that I'm working with. I'm emceeing these shows as well. Basically, they are 9.30 and 11.15 in the evening. I've got two shows on a lot of dates. Some dates there are only one. Check the listings for Brighton Fringe if you want to see those. If you are in the area, do come down. They are fantastic shows and they're really, really well priced and you will have a good time. Everything socially distanced. Comedy is back. Come out support comedy. Uh, I did a gig last week with Angela Barnes Henning when comedians are on fire at the minute because they are absolutely chomping at the bit to get out there and do it. Anyway, that's my bit about comedy. That's me plugging my stuff. I do that because we don't charge for this stuff, so that's fine. Um, this episode is a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, in, in, it's a good episode. Anyway, let's put it that way. It's a good episode. It wasn't as much fun to record as uh, E17 for reasons that will become clear, but I think we had a good and frank chat about it. It's on Lenny Kravitz' Are You Gonna Go My Way album. So, uh, yeah, dig in, see what you think. We are hopefully recording an episode this Friday uh, with special guest Rich Wilson about Depeche modes songs of faith and devotion so we'll hopefully have that one out in yeah say two to three weeks so you can uh, hear that one uh and yeah we'll have uh, thank you for joining us as always hope you enjoy this episode catch you next time
Yes, yes, people. Welcome to uh, season four, episode three of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Yes, I said that with a quizzical tone in my voice because I had to look at Krista to make sure I was right. <laughs> yes, but there you, you go. Um, uh, <laughs> if you've never listened to the podcast before, this is the podcast where we uh, listen to every number one album of the 1990s in excruciating detail, uh, tell you about it in even more excruciating detail, uh, and then try and justify it to ourselves as if it isn't a midlife crisis. So uh, wonderful. My name is Dave Fenton. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Krista Greer. I'm over this way. Thank you, guys. Hello. I just left a gap there for people to say hello to you. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, well, it was good. Uh, we haven't got waffles here. He, he came in, but then there were too many cats and he left. But, yeah, too many cats. I think that's the name of his, uh, his solo album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, too, many, many, ca- cats. too many cats. It's just full of jazz musicians. <laughs> yeah. Bebop. Hep cats. Hep cats. Yes. So here we are. Uh, here I we know. are to talk today about Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way? Yeah, indeed. So like you said, this is episode three. This was the third number one album of 1993, excluding the best of and compilations that we don't pay any attention to. So for exactly. example, the last uh, one we did was E17, yes, which was. was a lot of fun. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who got in contact and said they enjoyed that one. It was it was a good one for us to do. It was, uh, such a ridiculous album. There was an awful lot in there. Have you listened to it since? Uh, what, the album or yeah. the podcast? The album. Of course not. I have. You fucking lunatic. What's wrong with you? Don't like myself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I have not. Um, but since... That was number one, and that was back in the February of '93. Uh, Annie Lennox Diva, uh, which had been number one in like the previous year, went back up to number one because she had a single out for a week, and then this one came in and was uh, number one for two weeks from the seventh of March, '93, up until the March twentieth. So a couple of weeks. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I mean, let's let's do memories of Lenny Kravitz sure, at yeah. the time. At the time when this came out, what were you, where were you with it? Right. So I was. Definitely aware of Lenny Kravitz as a musician artist. I definitely didn't hear this album at the time. And I'm pretty sure I dismissed it. Because I heard the lead single, Mm -hmm. uh, which we'll get into, and I think I dismissed it as being too much of a pastiche. Uh, And so I did not investigate any further. I do remember um, It Ain't Over Till It's Over. I remember that one from 91. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't remember being overly impressed in in as much as I needed to hear more of that. I just remember it being a thing. And... So whenever this came round, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy can't be bothered. I'm mm-hmm. listening to other things. Yeah, what about Fair you? Fair enough. Well, my, my relationship was a little bit more complicated in a way. Oh, yeah. In that, So I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan like a couple of years before this, as you know. Absolutely. I think it was the France gig that was that I I had a, a, a copy of the TV. It was one of the usual illusion live shows. I think it was the one oh, from right. Paris. Mm-hmm. Um and they bought Lenny Kravitz out, and he played. And he played. Um, I think he played Mama Said. Oh right. Uh, and they did some. And he did some stuff with. I think him and Slash were mates, maybe. Or they something went to school like together. Yeah, they were. I mean, very much of that kind of mm. oeuvre as well, weren't they? So right. Um, okay. So you knew him from that initially. That was your first. So point yeah. So of from, contact from that him. point of view, I was like, oh, this guy seems quite cool. He's doing this kind of stuff that yeah. I like. Never picked up an album or anything along those lines but what made this more complicated for me is i've got godparents in the states Mm -hmm. so i've kind of grown up with this little american family and they're kind of like my cousins and my aunts and so my cousin Susanna was working in the management team with lenny kravitz and was like Mm. good mates with lenny kravitz what was Was, this in the early 90s yeah this is this is exactly this year oh right yeah like 93 i mean like 93 I am in LA staying at my cousin Susanna's house, mm-hmm. but her phone rings. I'm sleeping on the sofa downstairs. Her phone rings at about 4.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. and I answered it, 
don't know why I answered right, it, but I fucking did. Woke up, a, instinct, a, and it was Lenny Kravitz. I see. And I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it, there was there's, there's quite a lascivious arrangement that was that, that he had phoned up for, and right? I, and like, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it even well, to pro- this day. Yeah, probably. You know, statute limitations might be in effect, but let's play it safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, he certainly wasn't phoning to get my cousin to arrange him to fly his current girlfriend home and fly another girlfriend back in definitely that's, not that that's definitely not anything that he was doing Good. but Good. but so from that point of view like i kind of was like like because when you're close to something like that you kind of want to think that person's cool because oh, you, yeah. you want a story and all oh, that kind absolutely of thing, and you're right? telling your mates oh yeah you know my, my cousin she she knows lenny yeah yeah and i and i have seen lenny kravitz a couple of times over the years you know right, yeah. yeah saw him at, like shepherd's bush empire not not on this record all like, right a couple of records later i think oh but it's still 90s lenny and it was a really really fun show you know mm-hmm. it was a really kind of fun live show like kind of upbeat rock kind of but uh, there is a but here. When this song came out, I, I, I must admit. That, so when this album came out, I must admit there was an amount of trying to like you wanted to because everything else in my life that I was buying was very much anti-corporate rock. Yeah, and this did, to all intents and purposes, smell like a quite a polished corporate rock project like a hangover from the stuff that was going slightly more authentic because obviously Lenny Kravitz has kind of got this he wasn't a cock rocker was he no no absolutely and it's not like he was singing other people's songs or anything he's he's a songwriter and he can play his own instruments but I guess it is the the record companies maybe looked at him and went that's our easy in with a very cool yeah. person that we can just insert into this box. Sure, but so, so the interesting thing about this record is I know I have it. Oh right, right yeah. Or, if, or I had it because I had a. I, I I left that flat with a stack of fucking promos. My oh, wife, I see. Right, lovely. Great. Seventeen, and your uh, and your cousin works in the music industry. Amazing. It's a mate in LA. Are you joking? Ridiculous. Anyway, right, so you had the album. So I had the album, and I, and I went to this, and I went. I must know this record. I had it. Mm. And uh, I'll talk about it as we go through, but I, I obviously didn't really listen to it because I didn't remember a single thing. Is that about right? This okay. But, you right, know, okay. again, we've talked about this so much. At this time, there's so much to listen to. If you're not 100% into something... So much stuff falls by the wayside because the ones that you were into, you know, in that stack of promos that you got, the ones that you were like, oh, shit, this is amazing, you would have listened to that twice a day, every day. Yeah. And what time do you have for the ones that are just all right? Exactly. Yeah, of course, I get that. No problems. Okay, but so you had much more of a, uh, a knowledge and relationship about Lenny Kravitz in general than I did. I knew he was in passing, uh, yeah, I mean, and I remember this single very, or the, the lead single very well. But that's kind of the extent of my my, my knowledge at this point. And I was watching a lot of MTV at this time, and the video for "Are You Gonna Go My Way" was, was just yeah, absolutely yeah, ubiquitous. Um, in terms of just other stuff that I looked up about Lenny Kravitz and this album. Um, we just said that he was uh, schoolmates with Slash uh, from Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he was also classmates with Maria McKee and Nicolas Cage. Nice. Now that's a fucking school. That's now, crazy, Imagine that the graduation. Um, and he first started recording his debut album, which was Let Love Rule in the late 80s. Uh, but he was going by the name Romeo Blue at that point. And then he... I think the record company maybe even pushed him to go, that's a terrible name. Yeah. Just Lenny Kravitz, that's a cool name. C- Do that, mate. I mean, can you imagine, though, right, you're, uh, you're, you're at school mm. and 
and basically someone goes, oh, I'm just going to bring a couple of my mates around later. Uh, oh, who are they? Oh, it's uh, Saul and Lenny. You just yeah. imagine these two kind of schlubby <laughs> yeah. Jewish, Jewish guys yeah. showing up. Saul and, Saul, Saul and Lenny. Yeah. And, uh, and then all of a sudden fucking Slash and Lenny Kravitz the show up. The two coolest motherfuckers in the world. Uh, well, yeah. yeah I mean, who just do all your drugs and exactly trash your house probably um failed to wear shirts oh straight up throwing some buckles for slash and a bit of leopard print for lenny oh, and we're, we're on our way um so that yeah so he started recording late 80s um he the first album uh it was well received but it didn't sell an awful lot it was fair enough so this is actually his third album after uh, the mama said one which was 1991 that was his second yep. um and so the first one only got to number 56 mm-hmm. in the UK, but Mama said got to number eight. So then was when he was starting to get noticed. Sure. He was actually making a name for himself. Um, the highest single placing previously was number 11 with It Ain't Over Till It's Over, which I already said was the one I remember. Yeah. And that's, I think, what the UK would remember him for previous to this. Yeah. Unless you are going to count Justify My Love by Madonna. Because yes. obviously he co-wrote and co-produced that mm-hmm. song for her, and that was a massive hit for her. Exactly. Yeah. Although, although she got sued for it, I believe. I uh, well, Public Enemy. Public Enemy sued her, yeah. I know. I know. Which is obviously ironic because Public Enemy took everyone's beats back in the mid-80s. But I think that it was, but, a, it, it was a statement, though, wasn't it? It, yeah. was, it was like, if we do this, we get sued. So, if so, so yeah. Precisely. Yeah, they were. They were getting so much heat off other people going, well, you sampled me. They were like, all right, fuck it then. If that's the way the game's played. Yeah. yeah. You'd have thought Big Daddy Kane could have like stepped in and sorted things out, wouldn't you? Well, and that's the other thing, because Lenny Kravitz, I'm pretty sure, was in Madonna's sex book, wasn't he? Yes, indeed. He was in, as, as was Vanilla Ice. But there were definitely rumours that he and Madonna were having an affair. This is uh, one of the reasons, I think, because um, he was married to Lisa Bonet uh, back in, the I think, 1989-90, married her. Yeah. But by 91, they had separated and finally got divorced in 93, and this album is an awful lot about their separation and breakup. Yeah. And so it's kind of fueling a lot of the lyrics that we're going to be hearing in this. Uh, Mama Said was also about her in a breakup, but this is kind of the, the full shebang because this, this is divorce time. Uh, he also in 91, I found out, he wrote and produced an entire album for a Vanessa parody. I went into this going, all right, I did kind of write this guy off back in the day for yeah. being too much of uh, of a rip-off artist. Maybe there are going to be some tunes on there that I've never heard before. Yeah. And I'll uh, now that I'm more mellow about that shit, and it's 30 years down the line, maybe it'll be more of a, okay, well, this is a decent tune. So yeah. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm happily expectant about this album going in. Well, this is the thing. I've kind of gone into it and I've gone, I've said to myself, okay, well, I, I kind of feel like I like Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. I don't remember this album. I was probably being a dick about it back in the day or something along those lines. So yeah, yeah let's see, let's see what it's got. You know, I, I don't want to talk about the lead single because we're going to talk about it in a second. Yeah, but, true. Yeah. Okay, no, so I'm going in optimistic. Optimistic. There you go. Same as me. I'm more than happy to be to prove 1993 Christer wrong and a music snob. Yes, indeed. Right. Me too. Me too. Let's start this off as we always do, uh-huh. uh, like we always do about this time, um, with the album cover. Yeah, absolutely. I very vaguely remember this. Yep. I don't think it's a particularly iconic image or anything. No. Um, if you look at it, it's Len- Lenny Kravitz um, with some bloke in front of him, and you could make a good some case. Some bloke? It's a woman, isn't it? Is it? I, I thought the whole tone of this was there's a woman in front of him, and he's like kind of checking her out with a bit of a lascivious look on his face and the and it's are you going to go my way 
Oh, great. I thought it was... I, it looks to me like Kravitz is potentially showing his penis to someone. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting from it. Yeah. Or maybe some sort of a drug deal. Well, it's, I mean, like, I mean, I, what I took, I mean, like that, that hair is of a nice quality. Oh, I think yeah. that's woman's hair. Right. I think that's a lady's hair. Okay. For me, it looks like he's kind of, he's looking down, he's like kind of checking her out in a bit of a kind of a thirsty manner. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah. Hey, babe, are you going to go my way? I, it could absolutely be that. Yes. Um, I just was looking at him getting his dick out. I mean, he could have his dick out. It really, it really does very much look like he's possibly got his dick out. Once you've said it, it's hard to not think it. Yeah, and mm. I don't want to see his dick. I'd be intrigued. I'd be curious. I, I don't. I don't. I don't need to. I'm fairly sure it would just make me feel bad about my own. Oh well, most of them do. But you know, yeah. I'd still, I'd still have a look. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, but in terms of uh, an album image, it's Lenny looking cool. You know, he's like, you know, we say he's a good looking guy. He's looking cool, but there's not anything else going on really on this. It's not him mm. playing a guitar. It's not him doing music stuff. It's just him looks being like cool. chilling. Could be cool. Fine. And yeah. yeah, this is a very forgettable album. Are you going to go my way? Which way are you going? Left. Well, yeah, I'll yeah, go left. I'll go left. Fine. Yeah, sweet. Uh, but no, uh, apart from that, nothing yeah. else really on it. Fine, yeah, fine. Right, Definitely should find quite a nice photo, quite a nice, nicely taken photograph. Sure, there's some depth in there. Yes, there yeah. is. Colours pop. Yeah, that's that's go. as much as I've got. All right, cool. Okay, well, in that case, yeah, we might as well just get into this. And the first single, or the first track, is the first single. Are you going to go my way? Lead track, title track, the one everyone knows. Uh, if you don't remember it, this is what it sounds like. <laughs> And, you know, there's an opener. Bam, you are straight in. Massive riff. Big riff on this one. Really like that kind of harmonic thing that's going on. Two guitars over each other. It is still incredibly Jimi Hendrix ripoff. Oh, without a doubt. It's insane. I mean, yeah, it's cross-town traffic, isn't it? It is exactly. It's just cross-town traffic. You know, this... I think one of the reasons I would have gone... Well, whatever. Because maybe... Two years previous to this, maybe 91 or so, a friend did me a tape of a best of Jimi Hendrix. And that was my first real exposure to anything that wasn't just Purple Haze, for example. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. This is fucking brilliant. And so I was still very new on the the Jimi Hendrix train. And so if I then heard this, I'd be like... Oh well, this isn't authentic. I love Jimi Hendrix, even though I'd only heard it fucking yeah, eighteen months ago. And, and there was a big thing as well, like all my kind of grunge-loving mates. There was mm-hmm. a big kind of Jimi Hendrix kind of undercurrent. Right, sure. There was a few guys that were guitar. They loved their their Hendrix, and I remember that criticism as well at the time. And I mean, you there's an there's an there's an Edon lyric about it. Oh yeah, yeah. What's it was, that? It was just a, um, about Lenny Kravitz who imitates Jimi Hendrix in every facet. Okay, something right. like that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll see if I can dig it out. Nice. Cut it into the podcast. Sure. That was why I took against it, and why I almost deliberately decided I wasn't going to like Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, I mean, I I remember this song. Yeah being ubiquitous and I remember not really liking the video because it was all big and flashy and mm-hmm. like and I, I remember not really just not liking the aesthetic and I didn't like the vibe of it okay but I also remember that it did get its hooks into me 
Yeah. And it's, you know, because it is, it's a pretty big, undeniable song. It's a huge riff. It's a really catchy guitar riff. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like you say, the, the Hendrix comparisons write themselves. And mm-hmm. almost, you've got to ask yourself, it's so deliberately Crosstown Traffic that is he just fucking with that? Maybe. Yeah, exactly. He couldn't not know. It's not like anyone said it to him afterwards and he went, Oh shit, yeah. No, exactly. No, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I do think you watch this and you know, Lenny Kravitz does kind of come across yeah, he's got that kind of laid back rock and roll call. Mm-hmm. Um that realistically, you know, he was only getting away with because he wasn't a member of Poison. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> that had kind of you know, but he 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 was a cool fucking dude. Oh, right? really? he was. And he's a very good looking dude as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Ridiculously man, of good course. looking man. Um, so look, where I am with this song, right? Yeah. I, I guess the, the best way I could describe it, I, I think this is a perfectly good tune. Mm-hmm. I can't get excited about it particularly. It mm-hmm. doesn't excite me. It's not like, oh, fuck, I'm glad. I'd never request it. But no. if I was dancing in a club and I'd been dancing to two or three songs and I still wanted to carry on dancing, yeah. and this song came on, I'd carry on dancing. It'd be all right. Fine. It wouldn't be like, oh, I've got to stop. I can't dance to this. You're right. But at the same time, if this song came on and I wasn't dancing, I wouldn't get up to dance to it. No, but I do remember that this was one of the, the big songs at the time. And it was big in kind of rock clubs and indie clubs yeah. because the two were very separate at the time as well. But this was a real floor filler. This was peak time. Yeah. And again, maybe that's just another reason I was like, well, fuck this, because it's like, oh, this yeah. is populist. This is the easy answer. This is, this is kind of stiltskin, you know? This is stiltskin for Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, well, fuck, I, I know better than this. Yeah. Fair but, enough. But right. it, it is an absolute powerhouse I think, I, I think we, we, we're, yeah, we're both in the same place on mm. it, really. The thing is, I will say that that was, you know, my thinking back then. Now, I am much more just whatever. Yeah. I don't really give a shit too much. This I do think this is a very good tune. I think this is a really well put together. I think the sound of it is wonderful. It's fuzzy enough that it could be that kind of 60s, 70s sound. It's not too yeah. polished, even though it is a big rock tune. I think this works really well. Yeah, I mean, i I got to say, I do find... And this, this song is not the worst culprit of it, mm. but I do find some of the affectations in the production throughout this record a little bit jarring oh yeah yeah because it is trying to be old school cool it's the kind of the mix of modern techniques with some older ones but sounding like a modern record trying to sound old oh i see okay right yeah okay it just lends a little bit of an air of inauthenticity to some of it for me yeah um All but right. yeah as i say this song's the worst culprit i think this song is absolutely fine okay i think yeah it's a very very good way to open this record yeah agree that. and it leaves me really open and excited about a load more kind of big powerful rocking numbers throughout well, yeah indeed and that's kind of what you're hoping for with yeah. with lenny um you talked about the video for this uh and i remembered it but i went back and watched it again for this i didn't realize it was directed by mark romanek he's the, the guy who did johnny cash's hurt mm-hmm. did closer by nine inch nails uh, and did scream by michael and janet jackson you know which at the time was the most expensive video ever it made. certainly was um so he's he's a big name in videos and going back and watching this video i was actually really impressed with it i'd forgotten how well put together it is they have the look that they're going for and it yeah. is it's flares and afros and you know those kind of hippie waistcoats and all that sort of stuff 
they have their their style mm-hmm. all on on this big stage playing in front of you know the most good looking audience that would never have existed in the world yeah yeah like an apple advert yeah precisely and then yeah they've got that huge chandelier thing above them so it's all cool lighting i think it works really well as a video i think it looks pristine and I think it was nominated for Grammys or one of these things and again I think I, I need to take a fresh look at it I think at the time the fact that it was so pristine was what I didn't like about it okay because you know, it's too I'm, polished yeah because you know I'm watching Nirvana clips and right, Black sure. Ops well not Black Ops Sun just yet but you know like yeah like Jesus Christ pose and I'm seeing all these yeah. kind of you know raw kind of mental videos you know fast you know far side and yeah, no, I, right, I, I don't okay. know. I just I, no. I would definitely. I would give you. This does look like a more corporate rock video because yeah. it is so well done. There's obviously loads of money spent on it, but I think because of that and the skill of of Mark Romanek, I think it does look like a really good eye catching video. Sure. And I, I would have to have a look at it again because I've not seen it in quite a lot of years. Sure. But I, I, but I remember it being very well done. Oh, totally. Um, and do you remember as well? I this was the first time I would have seen uh, Cindy Blackman, the drummer with a massive afro yeah. playing drums with this. It turns out she didn't actually play on the album version, but she, she was in the touring band from, you know, early on yeah. in, in this album's career. And seeing her, she's a fucking wicked drummer as well. Nice. Really cool. Um, I read that Kravitz claims that this was one of the songs that they were just kind of jamming in a studio and someone played that riff. And it was yeah. one of those moments where you go, oh shit, play that again. Right, keep playing that, roll the tape. And they wrote it in, you know, five minutes. That's yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, I mean, the more realistic version of that story is they were in someone's car. <laughs> someone put a tape on. <laughs> it was cross town traffic. Yeah, true. And he went, I, I'm oh, fairly wait, sure we what? can <laughs> fuck around with this and make it a hit. Yeah. Um, lyrically, in terms of this one, we are going to introduce to Lenny as Messiah figure. Mm-hmm. You know, are, are you going to go my way? You know, I am the way, the old Jesus thing. Um, he's come to spread a message of love, unity, having fun, that kind of thing. Which, to be honest, is not 100 miles away from what E17 were doing in our last one. He wants to bring us love. Kill, Kill him! <laughs> bring his legs! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know... If you're going to compare the E17's message of unity and and love, Kravitz does have much more of a cool vibe about him. I would take his message over Tony Mortimer's. Yeah, true. But but I'll tell you what, mate, I would be far more likely to approach Tony Mortimer if I wanted to buy some pills. Very true. Yeah, but you'd probably get better quality off Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, but, mate, I'm not... In in this climate, I'm not going out to Lenny Kravitz and ask him if he's selling drugs. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Are you fucking mental? (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's not that kind of podcast, guys. Yeah. Uh, this was covered, among others, you know, there's a few different people have done this, but uh, the, the kind of the most notable one, which I bet you is the best thing you've ever heard. Tom Jones and Robbie Williams did a cover version of this on Reload. Oh, I've got a feeling I've heard that. Cause Cause I, I thought I assumed I would as well, but I don't remember it. Was that around the time we were working record shops? Oh, totally. It was on that yeah. 1999 Reload album. Well, Tom Jones, who, when he did the ones with the cardigans, with the stereophonics, mm-hmm. the Robbie Williams ones was this. Yeah, well, there mm. we go. Yep. Uh, and this was nominated for a Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance Grammy in, you know, the narrow, right. narrow fields that the Grammy does uh, in 94, but it lost out to Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything For Love. Right. Gutted. I never fucking understood the solo rock thing versus the... It's not because it's, it's a band. It's a band playing. Yeah. But if you say it's my name, it's not a band. If you're called but, Lenny Kravitz rather yeah. than Nirvana. And if you're called Bon Jovi, it's still a band. That's true. Uh, anyway, oh, it surely is just a way for more people to be able to win Grammys. Well, I would imagine so. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Uh, but yeah, this, this is kind of for me. This is Lenny Kravitz's signature song. It's not his biggest hit. It's not, you know, this wasn't a number one. 
for example, while Fly Away was. Yeah. But to me, if you say, oh, what's that Lenny Kravitz song? I'm going to go, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. Are you going to go my way? That one? Yeah. Well, you know, you say, you know, it, it didn't uh, get a number one single, but it mm. got the album to number one. Oh, I absolutely did. And that's, Off the, yeah, you know, and, that's right. and that's the thing you got to remember. And it got, this got to number four in the UK, so it's not like it was a flop or anything. It yeah. got to number four. It got to number one in Australia for six weeks mm-hmm. and is still his most successful single over there. And it is the only diamond certified single in Brazil. Well, Apparently. there we go. Yeah. Tell you what's fucking weird, right? Because I assumed, uh, I bet you, this would have been massive in the States because it would have been on, on MTV all the time and it would have been on the radio all the time. They didn't release this as a commercial single. They released this as an airplay-only single, so it didn't chart. In America? That, in America. This wasn't a single, How? which is craziness. For the amount of fucking money they spent on the video as well. Precisely. Yeah, so it, was, it was just for promo. They never How really bizarre. couldn't buy this as a single. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Was the singles market as big of a deal in the States? I don't oh, know. Oh, in 93 it would have been. Yeah, I guess so. absolutely. I guess so. Which is very strange. So, yeah, but it was obviously, it, it did get loads of it. It was high in the airplay charts. And again, it sold the album like a motherfucker. But uh, it wasn't wasn't available commercially. But there you go. Okay, so that, that's the first track. Uh, I think that's really good. I do think that's really I good. Think I've it's, come round to thinking it's a much better one than I thought. I think it was. it's a solid song. I think it's, right. yeah, really, really catchy song. Yeah. It's a song I've probably heard too much. Mm-hmm. To kind of start to love at this stage of my life, sure. But you know, it's a it's, it's, it's a seven seven and a half out of ten for me. I'll give you that. That's totally fun. So track two, track two. Okay, so track two is believe, and it was the second single as well. So we've gone single one, single two straight away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was released in May of '93 as a single, and it got only got to number thirty on uh, that one. So yeah, let's play a bit of this. And I guess if the if you know if are you going to go away was the kind of harder edge yep. of 60s, 70s rock. This is the more psychedelic stuff that he's into. Yep. I mean, it sounds like the start of a Bon Jovi song at the minute. That very much does, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a little bit of uh, Eastern guitar. Yeah. <laughs> bit of an Eastern feel. <laughs> yeah. That was always going to happen here in this one. It really should have. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to get some bit of an Eastern Field T-shirts printed up. <laughs> That'll be wicked. <laughs> that should that should be our slogan if I like we get it. it done. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter if you think we should get a bit <laughs> of an Eastern Field T-shirt done. Definitely do a playlist. Yes, indeed. Right, and you know straight away there is to me a very strong Beatles influence on this. Oh yeah, you know that's the sound he's going for. Is that late sixties Beatles? He. he, he but the way I feel about it, though, is, yes, it's got that influence there, but essentially that's like a kind of a mask over what is, when you break it down, a soft rock ballad. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this has got all the hallmarks of, you know, kind of, kind of L.A. rock and roll. So, I mean, like, you know... I, I, I okay, yes, you take away the orchestration, the sitar, and that kind of overdub. Yes. You do have a light years in the air. Oh, you certainly do, fine. man. You have you have uh, cowboys singing sad, sad songs. Sure. You know, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. Um, I actually really like this one. I, I, I definitely like this more than Are You Gonna Go My Way. Okay. Uh, I think this is a really nice tune. Maybe it's because it... I haven't even thought of the soft rock thing, but maybe it's because it's a soft rock ballad. That's why I'm yeah. into it. Yeah, I'm surprised because this is this is not for me at all. Oh really? Just no, not this, at all. this just washes over me like I don't know, like beige paint. Okay. I, I, I just I find it a bit annoyingly innocuous. There's the, there's a uh. the little kind of 
hook if you want yeah. in there I'm like okay but nice key I, change in the chorus up to that bit but again it's 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 drowning in these psychedelic rock affectations mm-hmm. which just don't, you know don't feel grounded in anything they just feel right. like window dressing rather than something that is crucial to the record okay. and I'm sure and, and that is a very subjective opinion I'm sure lots of people would tell me why I'm wrong but you can only feel how the record makes you feel and it, it doesn't gel for me it just no. feels I'm so worried that I'm going to use the word inauthentic so many times and look like right. a cunt but that is how it feels to me I think I think there's a, a lovely guitar solo in there yeah, yep. you can play the guitar yeah. but overall it's just too smooth as a song and the additional components don't feel right for me i can't disagree with you on that uh like it's 1993 and he's wanting to sign like 1968 yeah. oh, yes absolutely but in my head he doesn't feel like he's doing it like for effect i think he's doing it out of real love for that sound in that era and so i'm fine with it i'm okay with it and i do actually really like the tune so okay. it, it, well, got, I mean, it got, and, got its hook and, into and me that's there fine and and i think you know i mean i've got absolutely no way of saying that oh no i'm right and you're wrong on that one you know no, no, no. i mean and you're probably better versed in the source material of this type of stuff than than i am being a bigger beatles fan right okay sure but there was just there's something about it, it just doesn't quite ring true or right click with me you know fine it's the catchiness of the song the the chorus especially that gets me and over a few listens i really got into this it mm-hmm. was one of those ones that i was like whenever this came on it's like oh yeah i really i like where this is going and each time they came in with that key change chorus like bam got me again yeah really happy with it uh i did wonder because lyrically it's more standard standard stuff especially if you're going for that sort of late 60s hippie psychedelic believe in yourself you know yep. it's uh being free is a state of mind all that sort of nonsense but he does throw in quite a few god references in this one mm-hmm. you know after we've had what i th- thought was a little bit of a messiah complex in the first track he's got lyrics like the son of god is in our face offering us eternal grace you know that's just straight up yeah. here's a bit of god for you mm-hmm. and uh we'll one day leave this all behind just put your faith in god and one day you'll see it he's not trying to mask it in any sort of not even like buddhist stuff he's just going god is all right let's all love god yeah which is a bit weird but well i mean is it though i think i think if you're in if you're coming from that all-american rock oeuvre mm. there's a lot of kind of Christi- christianity and god in america maybe so i just i find it kind of strange okay well we're, we're quite divided quite far apart on this one i think uh, yeah no totally uh, i looked at the video for this one and found out this one was directed by michelle gondry okay yeah so you know two big 90s video directors mm-hmm. but for him for a gondry video this is remarkably straightforward okay. it's just lenny kravitz kind of in uh, a spacesuit in a rocket in space, yeah. that sort of thing, floating about, very floaty. But then I looked at kind of where it was in Gondry's oeuvre, and it seems to be one of his first big name videos. Yes, um, like the next one he did was Human Behaviour for Bjork. Yeah. And then he was off. Oh, yeah. You know, um, off to the fucking races. Oh, mate. Uh, it's mental videos that guy does. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, incredible stuff. But this is just. This is just a pop video, really. But uh, yeah, he's, this is the record company spending money, I guess. 
you know, getting good people in. Well, I mean, that's it's certainly the era for record companies spending a lot of money. It is. And while they said this one only got to number 30 in the UK, it got to number one in Iceland. Well, good. Yeah, big in Iceland, this one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, it's obviously uh, the uh, the precognitive Iceland community supporting uh, the video director because of his future work with Bjork. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah maybe she, she, I was going to say put out a tweet, maybe she sent a letter to all of Iceland. Now, what she what she have done is got a John Smith printing set and put it on a clog in Badger's blood. <laughs> that was exactly what happened. Yeah. Good, I'm glad we cleared that up. All right, well, let's do track three. Yeah, so number three is Come On and Love Me. Okay, so we're in another slow page. We've got this very, mm-hmm. very deliberately kind of raw, kind of garagey drum sound. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, this is very much kind of the John Bonham dusty drum yeah. break, that kind of thing. But it's also, it, it's, I mean, obviously John Bonham would be the more rock side of things, but this is a big funk break. You know, you can you can imagine this being. Not quite a James Brown one, but it would have been a Rufus Thomas or something like that. I, I mean, for for me, this song, it, it's kind of got a bit of a of a princey vibe. Sure. But you know, I don't know. But again, it it's it's got a load of the equipment of a of a Prince song, but it's mm. missing the beating heart that would separate it. I just I just. Don't find this one very interesting again. Well, Prince is also missing a beating heart. He's, well, he's, he's, he's yeah. dead, isn't he? Oh, yeah. There we go. I know what you mean, um, because I definitely hear Prince in this. The mm-hmm. falsetto is yeah. the instant. All right, yeah, that's when Prince does his falsetto thing. And obviously, Kravitz has done that before as well. This is the first time I've heard it in this album. Yeah. And it's very reminiscent of a lot of Prince stuff. Yeah. And yeah, there is that big funk thing, that kind of just little, like an almost Isley Brothers mm-hmm. guitar thing going on. I think this is a really nice idea yeah. stretched out to three minutes with nothing else happening after that initial idea. Yeah. You know, I, th- I really like that sound. I-, I really like the drum sound. I think that would be a wonderful break to have in so- a different tune. Yeah. I would sample that and be very happy with myself. I really like the little kind of the funk guitar, the James Bryan-esque stuff, but it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It just does the same thing for three minutes and then stops. You know, yep. and that's my issue with it. Nothing wrong with it, but but why is it? It seems like a weird kind of criticism to criticise a record on one hand for being too much of a corporate rock album, mm. and then to criticise it when it does something which is a little bit kind of looser and more experimental. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, right. Okay. Right? But for me, the good thing about corporate rock when that stuff works and it's well is you get well-produced tautly written songs sure and that's what i want big from, singles and that's what i want from that and that's yeah. why i'm 100 percent fine with uh, are you going to go my way mm-hmm. and would be totally happy with an album full of songs like that right you know i can kind of see the second song to a degree but i i, I just don't like it it's sure. not for me uh th- this one it just feels like uh okay this is this is not a finished song this is right you've gone for something and i i feel like you've probably gone for it with an intention of creating a specific type of vibe and separating yourself from Mm -hmm. this but 
it's neither fish nor fowl for me. And it sounds to me as well like this was another one that started off as a jam, and it was just someone doing a really nice drum break, yeah. And then someone on the guitar, there's a lovely bass yeah. line on this as well. The bass, line. and you can imagine them having a great time with the jam. Just all right, keep this groove, guys, keep this groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he does his falsetto thing over the top. He comes up with what it I mean again lyrically. This is nonsense. This is this is more nonsense than the first two. Lyrically, he's things like with the stars and moon above. Take me in your arms, let love rule us in our hearts and minds. Just come here, baby, tell me what you feel. It's just yeah. run-of-the-mill bullshit. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 those, it's, it's those kind of lyrics that are perfectly serviceable uh-huh. if the song is good enough. And if you don't really listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, if you just let it wash over you, you oh, yeah, that sounds fine. But it sounds to me like they did this in the studio and forgot to do anything else to make it a more fleshed-out song. Yep. It's a filler. It's an album filler, and that's fine. You're going to have some of those. Mm-hmm. But I just think there is potential that this could have been more. If if at some point it ramped up and gone into a big, crashing, uh, maybe not brass section funk, but just a big funk break in there yeah. with more happening, I'd be a lot happier. But it doesn't. It just nah. putters along and then stops. So, yeah, yeah I think this is a wasted opportunity. It's nothing. It's 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 a thing that would have been a B side. No, I'm I'm completely with you on this one. Don't don't. No, uh, no sir, I don't like it. No, no interest. Fine. Okay. Well, look, uh, there are eleven tracks on this, so we're kind of a third of the way through. Let's do a pause and go through what else was happening in the world of albums at this yes, time. Yeah. In do. Okay, so the week I've gone for is uh, March the 7th to the 13th, so the first week of Lenny Kravitz being number one. Yep. The, the rest of the top ten looks like this. Number ten, Take That, Take That and Party, yep. which we've seen, you know, they're, they're in the charts all the time with their singles, so the album's never far I mean, away. this album, I think if we just almost take it as read that this is going to be in the top ten for the rest of the year. I know. It is incredible we don't have to do this. It was never number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number nine, Katie Lang with Ingenue. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I kind of. Well, I remember when, constant when craving. I, when I try and think of K- KD Lang, I just kind of get this grey flannel kind of boring. Oh yeah, like sensible haircut and yeah. comfortable shoes. Oh yeah, it's grown up music. Yeah, grown exactly that. It was. Yeah. This was this was music that was happening for for people that that were more grown up and had their life in order better than I was. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And uh, what, like everyone? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, a bit, my life's in order now to a degree ish. Ish, kinda. I'm still yeah. not listening to fucking KD Lang. No. Uh, number eight, Rod Stewart with an album called Lead Vocalist, which sounds terrible to me. <laughs> I've no idea what it is. Yeah. I'm guessing it's cover versions. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine so. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's done he's done a lot of uh, covers, hasn't he? Yeah, the whole Rod. American Songbook yeah, stuff yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, number seven, Michael Jackson, Dangerous, back in the charts again. Number six, Annie Lennox, Diva, which was like I said, uh, number one the previous yep. week. Uh, number five, REM, Automatic for the People, back into the charts again. Number four, Deacon Blue with Whatever You Say, Say Nothing. Okay. And that's all I know about that album. Yeah, I know nothing about Deacon Blue. No. Uh, number three, Eric Plankton. Eric Plankton. Eric Plankton. <laughs> <laughs> and, his, and, his, and his album, Don't Eat Me, Maybe Dick. Indeed. Eric Clapton with Unplugged. Yes. Uh, and I remember that coming out because I remember the uh, Unplugged version of Layla being played yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I remember going, why are you playing this? I really like Layla. Yeah. You've buggered up Layla. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Uh, I mean, Christ, if th- this was, I mean, almost the defining moment of dad rock, wasn't it? Wasn't it, though? Yeah. You could just imagine Q and Mojo wanking themselves blind when this came out. 
yeah. thinking we've got a year's worth of coverage right now. I forget. Maybe maybe I've uh, told this uh, story on the podcast before. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I can't remember if I have or not. But once I had this. I used to work Vauxhall, uh, and I I managed customer care for several countries of General Motors, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to go out on this business trip to um, to Turkey with the head, like the director of customer care, right. and this manager of my thing, who he was fucking, and they were trying. Uh, not, it was, it was not were, supposed to be known. Oh no, no, no. Right, okay. She was married and stuff. Oh, like. I see. Right. And he was an awful prick, and he knew that I was into music. So I was still in bands at that time, and mm. it was just a thing that was known about me. And uh, fucking, what was the the the, the line that he said? The yeah, thing is with music. Only two of them worth bothering about. Eric Clapton and the Eagles. Amazing. And that was wow. it. Wow. Only two of them. That's right. Music, only two only, of them only two worth of them. bothering. <laughs> only two of them worth bothering about. <laughs> Eric Clapton and the Eagles. And the Eagles. Right. Wow. Brilliant. Well I, well, I bet you, number two, he probably would have been into as well, uh, was Sting with Ten Summoner's Tales. Oh, God, yeah. yeah so. no, no, he wouldn't have bothered with them. No, too so, radical. Only two of them. <laughs> only two of them were fuffering about. Well, you're not listening. Doesn't begin with E either, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that is your top ten. Uh, other stuff that came out in kind of the three-week period, because we've got Annie Lennox and then we've got two weeks of Lenny Kravitz. So three weeks to look at. St. Etienne released So Tough, which got to number seven. And I remember that coming out because I liked some of their the singles in like 1990, mm-hmm. When So Tough came out, I was like, they'd gone a little bit too... They were they were almost deliberately trying to make what would be described as chart pop music. Uh, they, right. you know, they were trying to be the antithesis of indie and go, no, we just like pop. And it was just a bit cheesy for me at that yeah. point. There was some good stuff, but did not investigate this album at all. Living Colour released Stain, which got to number 19. Yeah. And they just passed me by entirely, the whole band at that time. Did you, did I, you know? I mean... I- Living Colour were a peripheral band to me. Um, mm. I yeah, I, I heard a load of the records. The only thing that's kind of they suffered from really is a lot of the funk kind of metal stuff that was about got drowned out by the kind of the, the grungier stuff. Right. It was weird. I mean, I, I always liked Living Colour, but I never loved Living Colour. No, um, fair enough. And to me, they didn't have a defining single that would have got me into it either. They didn't have something like you know, Smell Like Teen Spirit or Killing the Name for one of those big bands. What was that song? Was it When Love and Hate Collide? No. no um, when Love and Hate Collide? Was a fucking, who's that by? That was, G- that was Def Leppard. That was Def Leppard. No, what's their fucking song? Love Rears Its Ugly Head. Lears, lo- yeah, Love Rears Its Ugly Head. Yeah. Um, and w- while now I think that's an okay song, mm-hmm. I didn't know it at the time. Sure. And if it had been a what I would call a better and more catchy song. I probably would have known it because it would have been more prevalent and I might have investigated more, but I didn't because it wasn't. And as well, you probably, you know, you'd have probably heard it more had you been hearing more metal stuff at the time because it skewed a bit more indie at the time. Yeah, true. Yeah. And also I didn't have MTV. Yeah. And so I wasn't seeing the video for that, which I'm sure was played more than it was played Mm. on radio. Yeah. Uh, Radiohead released Pablo Honey, uh, which only got to number 25 on release. Yeah. Um, Turns out, because uh, I looked at it, I thought it was like 25, and it only the highest position it ever got to was 22 in 1998. Wow. Yeah, which I can assume was probably on one of those HMV nice price I deals. I would imagine yeah, so, yeah. But uh, this only got 25, and I we, we've kind of talked a bit about Radiohead in the past, but this album I didn't give a shit about and did not, uh, no. I didn't have it at the time, and I still don't think it's a great album, because I was almost put off by Creep. You know, I I got I, there was yeah. so much hype around creep, and I went, it's all right. That's how I felt as well. I went, oh, I went, I've 
you know, I've heard another 30 songs that are heavier than this. Mm. If, the, if the whole thing is it's heavy, it goes heavy at the chorus, yeah. I've heard another 20 songs. Da- yeah, I was I, yeah, I was not bothered by Creep. I don't think I've ever heard Pablo Honey through to this day Okay, on purpose. I probably have in the background. I was, yeah. I, I was annoyed by Radiohead during the Benz era, was completely not in that vibe. I saw all the press oh, they right, were getting, yeah. took against them without good reason. Uh, because they were getting massive enemy and Melody Maker coverage. Yeah. And you were like, well, fuck, it must be terrible. Yeah, that was a red flag yeah, for Yeah, sure. Me. Right. And yeah, it wasn't really until uh, Paranoid Android, OK Computer, mm-hmm. that I was just really forced to kind of eat my words and go back. Because you I couldn't really argue. No, no, it, exactly. You, you, you can't. That's, that's a fact. No, fair enough. Um, but yeah, this one, I remember it coming out and I remember there being some press about it. They weren't the, the darlings that they became yet. Creep was a big thing. But, and anyone could play guitar, which we talked yeah. about. But what was it because... Wasn't it because Creep did some numbers in America, mm. then all of a sudden they had more, some money? Because obviously a lot of British indie bands, in fact, hardly any British indie bands were doing much in the States, were they? Not not in 93. No. No. Um, it was all grunge and old rock over there. Exactly. Yeah. So when a band did that, it was like a bigger deal when they, yeah. they kind of bought back more budget with them. Yeah, yeah, you're very right. And I remember Creep being re-released post-American success, yeah. I think, and being a bigger hit over here as well. But it just never caught me. Um, and you're I, like the same, I don't think I've ever sat down and listened to Pablo Honey. I know that I have heard it all because my mate Neil liked it. It had been on different places. But it totally washed over me. Or I probably went, nah, fuck this because... Yeah, well, fuck it. You know, I was I was too snobby about the whole thing. Um, the auteurs released New Wave, which again I remember being very big in the mm-hmm. in the Melody Maker Planet Press thing. One of those ones where a couple of good singles, Lenny Valentino, that sort of thing, a couple of catchy songs, but couldn't be arsed with uh, an, a whole album. I mean, of it. I mean, yeah, the the auteurs just reminds me of something of theirs coming out. There being the same two tall men in drainpipe trousers mm. walking into the record shop buying the singles on day of release. Yeah. They're that kind of band, totally. aren't they? Uh, right. Well, here's one that I know you will probably have a lot to say about, actually. Uh, Naughty by Nature released 1993 uh, in this period, <sighs> f- f- March of 1993. Yes, indeed. Right. Uh, now, no, you love this album. Yeah, this album's fucking brilliant. This yeah. album's got um, one of the. Like, I- I'm a big sucker for. A big kind of build up mm. and then a beat drop. Yeah. Right? There's two that are my absolute favourites, and it's it's this 1993. Yep. It starts off with this 1993. <laughs> and it just builds. Yeah, yeah. And it goes on for too long. And then on the last one, it, go, it goes from track one to track two, and it just goes three. And the beat comes in three and stretches on it. And it's fucking glorious. It's just this big Full fucking. Volume. And then Ow. just stretch just drops in with this enormous. Uh, I, I mean, I'm. I'm on record as saying that Tretch is one of the most fucking underrated MCs and Absolutely. I really fucking hope I said it before Eminem started saying it all the time because he's saying that shit all the time now yeah. but fucking hell man I love this record it's not quite as complete a record as their first album okay. Naughty by Nature right but it's got some extra stuff going on in the production. Tretch is fucking on fire yeah. in it, and there are some brilliant, brilliant tracks on it. I, well, this, just because of, we've seen it in recently in the, the singles rundown, this is the one that presumably Hip Hop Array is on then. 
Yeah. With that era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, yeah, Hip Hop Ray's tra- second track on this record, okay. I think. Right. Uh, Did but, you have it at the time? Like, yeah, straight yeah, away? Yeah, 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 day one. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've, I've, I've probably still got my tape of it somewhere. Lovely, right. I remember sitting there in sixth form college on day, having gone into town on my lunch break on the day it came out yeah. and sitting in economics and there were a load of kind of rude boy kids in my economics class yeah. who were like into their hip hop and they were kind of sporty lads and I was there in my fucking trench coat with my bandana because I looked like a cunt <laughs> yeah. and they were like what are you fucking doing a naughty boy nature record and I had to I had to explain to them I've been listening to hip hop for quite some time yeah thank and they, you they were unconvinced and I fucking knew more about hip hop than they did the pricks anyway and economics uh, probably yeah and economics uh, right okay well yeah that's, that's not football though that's, that's a big one. Only they've got to number forty in the charts, which yep. is, I'd say, very respectable yeah. for an, a relatively unknown hip hop album in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, I mean you're probably right. It's, I you know th- this is the big crossover because th- I would put money. I haven't looked at it, but that was probably a number one album in the states. Oh, totally. The states are different. And, factor, and this yeah. is where this separation yeah. of hip hop is. And I think it is such a fucking shame that Naughty don't seem to quite have their place in the pantheon that they should have. Mm. Because, I mean, they broke so many fucking boundaries. They did some of the first commercially successful underground records. Mm-hmm. Because the first Naughty album, yes, it's got the Michael Jackson hooks in it and it's bits and pieces. Sure. But it is still an underground hip-hop record in the way that all of those fucking golden era records were. And it paved the way for so much of what was going to come. Like, just the intense competition and the lyricism of Tretch and what he did within that group. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I am... Obviously, a fanboy. I well, am, sure. and you know, and I'm and I'm not a complete fanboy because by the time Poverty's Paradise came around, which is the third record, mm. it had lost something. Okay, it had lost yeah. something. But I just think these first two Naughty by Nature albums, they're as as good as anything in the genre, yeah. and, and as good as anything in the genre at the time that the genre was probably at its best. Ninety three uh, is classic era hip hop. I mean, yeah. nineteen ninety three, and we'll have this conversation. We go nineteen ninety three is the best year for hip hop of all time. In my opinion. In your opinion. No, in yeah, my opinion. Indeed. Um, I bet you, you know, if we do, when we get to the end of year stuff, if we do a hip hop specific top five, yeah. you reckon this is going to be t- easy in your top five? Uh, do you know what? It's uh, it's such a hard field. I suppose if this is a big year. It, it's such, it's such else, a tough field. Yeah. I couldn't say that categorically. Okay. But what I will say is it's better than half of the top 10 hip hop albums probably you know, a couple of years either side of it. Right, fair enough. You know, it, okay. it is a it is a brilliant brilliant record with some brilliant brilliant moments. Cool. Okay. Uh speaking of brilliant records, M People released Northern Soul. Oh, um, which it looks like only got to number 55 at this point. I mean, we we we're, we're going to get into an era where Everything that M people release, we're going to have to talk about. Aren't I, we? Well, there's, there's bound to be one. I thought that we probably would have had to do this one, if I'm honest, because I thought '93 was peak M people, but this nah, only got it's 55. Like 94, though. 95. Yeah, I, I think. think the next ones we're probably going to have to do. Uh, I, f- I, I mean, I'll, go, I'll be on record now. I, I don't like doing spoilers for anything that we do, mm. but I fucking hate M people. Yeah. Um, Pop Lead itself released at Weird's Bar and Grill, which was a live album, which is a weird thing to do. Yeah, uh, only got to forty-four, which is to be expected. Uh, Senseless Things released Empire of the Senseless, uh, yeah. which got to number thirty-seven. But is a good album title. I mean, I'm fairly sure we've done a Senseless Things record in the last three or four uh, weeks. No, it's we? just been singles all the way. Oh, right, it's been okay. a, a different single every two weeks. Yeah. Uh, this is the album that we're all on, I guess. Candy Dulfer released an album uh, called Saxagogo. Of course she did. Uh, only got to number 56, unfortunately. That's a real shame. Imagine, imagine going through life being called Candy Dolpha. Just sounded, sounded like a range of paints. 
That'll be good. Uh, Gallon Drunk as well, released from the heart of the town. Only got to 67, but it's another one that kind of was hotly touted in the press. Gallon Drunk, Gin Blossoms, Galliano. They're all kind of... Oh, three wildly different groups. I know, but they all start with a G, and I haven't got a clue about any of them. (laughs) I think you'd like some of their stuff. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, was like, those are three entirely different. Oh, and I know, but then, it's just Brilliant. in my mind. Whenever I think those, I just like they all come together. They all start yeah. with a fucking G, and I don't know anything about any of them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, in terms of other indie stuff, there's a couple more. Uh, Adorable released against perfection, which only got to number seventy, and I remember them being much more hype than actual substance on that. Didn't we know someone who was in Adorable? Who was, what were the people that were in Adorable? Was it the guy that did the pub quiz? Oh, yeah, at the windmill. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. He might even have been the singer. Because there was a brilliant pub quiz that we went to, and went to a couple of times, and they got it back together, and we went along to it, and it was just a fucking shambles. It was a total shambles. Yeah. And we, I, didn't, I think we left. Oh, no, we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah real shame. But that, yeah, okay, Adorable, that was probably, to be honest, his biggest achievement, that pub quiz, because I'm pretty sure they didn't get any higher than 70 for Rubbish. this. Rubbish. Yeah. Uh, Frank Black released a, what I'm guessing was his first solo album, just called Frank Black, got to number nine, uh-huh. uh, after his Pixie stuff. Um, Kid Rock released his second album in 1993. Yeah, so what weird, the hell? Yeah, called The Polyfuse Method. Wow. I had no idea he was going back then. Which I would, I would imagine is a way of smoking meth. You just, yeah, yeah, it would make sense. Uh, Ghetto Boys released Till Death Do Us Part. Yeah. Which I don't remember at the time. Uh, it was I like, mean, Ghetto Boys. was a bit too gangster. For I think, me. no, I mean, I liked. I mean, Ghetto Boys had had their minute by this time, though. I mean, 93, like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Ghetto Boys kind of. I mean, yeah, I mean, 91, Mind Playing Tricks on Me, I think. Possible. I'm I mean, sure. I, I mean, I really, I mean, I really liked uh, Ghetto Boys when they first, when when they kind of hit. Oh, really? So, uh, they totally passed me by it. Uh, I, I, so I, I loved it. It was on that kind of gangster tip, mm. and obviously Bushwick Bill and all that. You know. it, I think it was all just a bit too, especially production wise, a bit too dark and jarring. There was no fun to it at all. Uh, see, I liked that. It had right. that kind of you know horror core element. It was definitely horror those yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of, yeah. I mean, fuck's sake, I'm me. You know, I'm going to no, dig that shit. Uh, and the, the last one I've got. Uh, as a release at this point is the soundtrack from CB4 nice is brilliant straight out of low cash fucking brilliant sweat from my balls sweat from my balls yeah Uh, it's one of those ones that I imagine if I went back and watched the actual film now it would be patchy as all hell I'm sure there'd there'd be some great bits and there'd be a bit loads of bits where I'd be like oh this is a slump but in my head, that's a fucking brilliant film. I reckon there's, I reckon there's enough of that film and enough goodwill and nostalgia to pull that yeah. f- together for me. Wacky D and Sunshine. Wacky D and Sunshine. Amazing. Did I tell you? <laughs> I mentioned before that I can dance. dance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, there's your albums anyway. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not the best we've ever seen, but it's no, all right. It's fine. Right. It's... But yeah, let's get back into Lenny Kravitz. And it's what it's called, Heaven Help. And this was the third single um, released in August of 1993. Uh, got to number 20. Yeah. And, if, you know, just in terms of song facts, this is the only song on the album that wasn't written or co-written by Lenny Kravitz. This is uh, somebody else wrote this one yeah. and he just did it. Um, it's by two people called Jerry DeVoe and Terry Britton. Yeah. And uh, DeVoe appears to be like this style guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd never heard of him before. Um, but he was a judge on Britain's Next Top Model and Australia and Scandinavia's Next Top Model. Um, that's what his his thing is. 
Uh, and Terry Britton is a Manchester-born musician, songwriter, who's best known for co-writing What's Love Got To Do With It for Tina Turner. Okay, so, well, that's a pedigree, it. I guess. Oh, that, that is. And, uh, I mean, and uh, we don't need another hero as well. So. Yeah. Uh, but but if, if, you, if you're asking me what's the best song he wrote out of uh, his, his entire back catalogue, it's Devil Woman by Cliff Richard. That's, that's a his, fucking brilliant that's song. That's a great song. That's a brilliant song, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, okay, here we go. It's, it's Heaven Help. This is just happening in the background. It's a, and, and that's the best place for it. This is another slow plinky one, and it just fucking meanders oh, along. It's so dull. It's so boring. My God. How, two things. Why would you hear someone else have written this song and go, I'm going to put that on my album? Because at least if you've written it, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm probably better. I've got nothing else. Why would you hear this and go, that's for me? And why would you say this is the third single? Exactly. Matt, I've heard stories about other people's dreams that are more interesting oh than this God. song. Yeah. Oh, terrible. It's in, it got top 20. What's happened with that? No idea. I, this I, 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 do really not, I do not get this. Mm. What, I, what I particularly don't get is the fact that we're on track four of this album mm. and there hasn't been another fucking big riff. I'm a massive, yeah, yeah, like, true. Why is it all ballads? I don't get it. Yeah. No, I'm surprised that, that everything's more fucking of that. ballads. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. It got top twenty. Well, top twenty. It got to number twenty in the UK, but that was the highest placing it got anywhere else in the world, apart from Iceland, where it got to number seven. Apparently, Iceland is still up for a bit of Lenny. They fucking love them, don't they? It, this got to seventy-eight in Australia, ninety-two in the States. No one gave a shit about this one. This was this is a mistake. This is a really boring mistake of a song. Yeah, this is awful. Mm, don't like it. Uh, shall we move on to yeah, yeah, number five on track, straight away? Track five. Just be a woman. Okay, well, so we've got another slow ballad. Look, I, I'm all I've got written for this is this is incredibly dull. I, I think this is there is more of a tune to this than there was the previous one. You know, there's, well, yeah. it's a bit. You know, this kind of ascending whatever but there is it's flimsy as shit there's very little to go on yeah this, this is it it's kind of it's like gossamer thin mm-hmm. there's no there's no weight to it there's no, no sense of groove light and floaty uh, it, yeah. he's trying that again you're absolutely right and the problem is that there's there's something he does there's an affectation in his voice mm. that for me, it never kind of hits the level of sincerity that would be required to pull something this slight through with vocal alone. Right. You know, like I mean, I, I'm not a fan of the breathy vocal cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, the John Lewis ads. But sometimes one of those will hit you, and you're like, okay, that that. You know, nice. it doesn't matter what the tune is. It's a, it's a delivery device for that vocal, and that's not Lenny's voice. Lenny's, mm. a, you know, he's got a perfectly solid enough kind of rock voice, mm-hmm. and he's got a lot of stage presence and a lot of charisma. And this, none of this to me, plays to any of those no. strengths at all. And in, without those, it's just like, well, this, none of this is particularly interesting. You no, totally, it's not. It's just, it's a bit of nothing in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, um, I wouldn't remember this song. The instant it stops, yeah. I would say it's more album filler, but it's so much more forgettable than normal album filler. Yeah, uh, this is and, and this is a weird thing because I must have heard this album mm. and I must have listened to it once. And there's nothing in this for me, right? 
Yeah, well, look, look, here we go. We're now five songs in, yeah. and we've had one big, big tune, yeah. and, and f- four other different variations on slower, more yeah. mellow things. Strange way to track your album, but I've got nothing else to say about this one, I'm afraid. No, no. This uh, The only thing that I noticed about this that was any for a comment on that was it fades out really unexpectedly at the end. It's oh. like three and a half minutes, yeah. and it does just what we've been hearing for most of that time. And at the end, it's almost mid-sentence. It just starts to go, fades, <laughs> gone. Like, the engineer has probably gone, that's enough, isn't it? Shall we this. just, yeah. <laughs> and skip to the end. Skip the end, quite. <laughs> All right, let's fuck off to number six then, yeah? Okay, this is, is there any love in your heart? Right. Okay, finally, here's another it's a riff. riff. Yeah. Yes. And this was the fourth single. Uh, released in December of 92, or 93 rather, uh, and got to number 52, which is a terrible placing for what I think is one of the better singles. Yeah. And he, uh, he's, he's pulling out the, uh, he's certainly pulling out the uh, the kind of 60s, we're on a on a tour bus through the middle of America kind of, yeah. almost famous kind of vibes. Definitely, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously he did that cover of American Woman, like yeah. the Guess Who, and you can see that sort of vibe in this. Yeah. That, Really, really, it's, it's just that. Yeah, I really like this riff. I think it's a terrific yeah. riff. Um, I, I initially thought, you know, what does it remind me of? Because I thought there's something specific. Obviously, it reminds me of that whole sound. Yeah. Um, but I was like, no, there's there's a song in particular that he's ripping off. But then I think what I was thinking of was a song that rips that riff off. Obviously, you know Turin Breaks. Yeah. You're aware of Turin Breaks. You probably. Weren't a big fan. Oh, to mine, mine fucking break all the time. We, um, the the first album I think is brilliant. I genuinely love that first album. Yeah. And there's a song on that that I remember now going, "Oh, that sounds like something." And I had to remember back to it being this Lenny Kravitz song. Yeah. Tell me if I'm right or if I'm just overthinking. This is Slack by Turin Breaks. Oh, nice. It's a ding, 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 quite slight oh right yeah I don't I. Uh, it's got some nice moments in it but I still think I'd rather you know listen to something from this era than this song if you know what I mean okay I'd rather listen to Slow Ride by Foghat or, yeah, right, I mean? sure. yeah of course what do you think of the kind of the weird where it, where it stops and goes into that kind of guitar solo a little bit and it's like that breakdown and then goes into the guitar solo like totally from nowhere it's it, it's Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like it, I think. Right. Uh, I, I, I do. I, I enjoy that because um, it's so kind of out of place. It's not like the guitar solo comes from the song. They totally stop the song and then go off on the solo and then bring the, the, the main bit back in. I really like it. Um, I watched the video for this because there was a video for this. It was a, a single. But again, weirdly, this also wasn't released as a commercial single in the States. This was only airplay single. For some reason, okay. Um, but the video for this is 
a less good version of the video for Are You Gonna Go My Way? Well, I mean, I, I would imagine a lot of the reason why this wasn't released and those things happened in the States is because the received wisdom is that stuff that's this polished isn't going to do well if you put money behind it because mm. because of... You know, the fact that the bands that were doing the big numbers, you know, we talk about sure. grunge killing careers. It's probably right in the midst of that. I think that's. If, I, if I, he I hadn't can... looked like he did, yeah. he probably wouldn't have uh, survived so well. Uh, you know, because he didn't look like poison. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sort of he had yeah. that kind of. He had that kind of. Uh, uh, I feel like we should clarify here that what we're not saying is because he was black. Oh no, because, no, 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 because because that was. <laughs> All right. I, I heard that and I went, "That's what someone's going to interpret that All as right. saying." Right? No, 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 no. Because he had the seventies kind of retro look yeah, on the, the go. Cool, and was, yeah, the cool Hendrix look. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and you know, you got to remember as well, like black crows kind of thrived and survived throughout yes, grunge as well. Yep. It was quite, kind of almost like if you had a kind of a cock rocky hairy thing, I mean, I'll rephrase that as well. <laughs> if you had like a kind of big cock, you know, well. you know if you had a big cock, if you had like that big hair metal thing going on, yeah. you were done. You were dead. You yeah, were old hat. Sure. But if you had more of a kind of a, a base in blues and funk, you might scrape through You can it. go under the radar of uh, exactly. the scathing. Yeah. Exactly. Right. You know, I mean, because you know there was, there was the stoner rock thing started to happen at the same thing, and right, they ran sure. in kind of parallels, didn't they? A little bit. Yeah, true. True. And again, that's another reason why when I make criticisms of this about being kind of retro, and I don't have a problem with stuff having a retro sound to it. The entire stoner rock movement is pretty much built off using kind of orange valve amps, and mm-hmm. do you know what I mean playing that kind of dirty, fuzzy, like very seventies on the cheap. Yeah, yeah. It, that's not, that's more from the grind up. Yeah, it's, right, it's yeah. an authenticity thing for me. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid it is. Okay. Um, that I am. This is one another one where he does his falsetto stuff, and this again reminds me of him wanting to be Prince. It, it definitely yeah. has that sound of it. This, like we've said, the album was a lot about the breakup with Lisa Bonet. Yeah. And if this song is about that, specifically about her rather than just, yeah. you know, love and relationships, this is pretty hardcore mm-hmm. uh, one of the lyrics your whole life is a fantasy and I'm just playing the clown you talk behind my back and spend up all my bread babe you say I'm the only one but you're fucking all my friends baby all that you care about is Gucci and Mercedes Benz oh. you know that that is harsh mm-hmm. if that is specifically about Lisa Bonet and you can only assume it is I don't know. I do not know. I yeah. do not know but yeah is there any love in your heart it's, it's just you're a cold bitch mm-hmm yeah, if this was written about me, I, I'd be like, I'd be like, first of all, fuck off, mate, mm-hmm. stop it. But I would also be, that's not nice. Yeah, yeah. And after she spent all that time with Bill Cosby as well, I know. <laughs> Fucking life hell. lessons. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that. I, yeah, I, I think this one is, it's fine. So it's a yeah. Yeah, this is my favorite. This is, is my favorite so far. I think this is really good. Uh, really enjoyed this. I, I, I don't share your love for mm-hmm. it, but I also. It's one of the better songs on this album. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it certainly certainly is. It's in the top two songs on this album. Well, it's got a lot more life in it than some of the other stuff we've heard so far, yeah. And that's it. And that's, and you know, again, I'm sure there are a legion of Lenny Kravitz fans that love him doing this stuff, but not for me. Okay. So, Uh, track uh, seven. Yes, is Black Girl. Yep. Now, straight away from that, Initial vocal, wasted it. I got off to a bad start with this song. Yeah. Because all that came into my mind is, and I don't know why, this is, I don't expect this to make any sense to you, okay. but maybe it will. Right. But as soon as that kind of black girl, all I had in my mind was Charlie Day singing it. 
Oh, okay. From It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Just yeah. like, just like this being one of his really badly, <laughs> like just like straight away, it's like, like it's like this is just going to be one of Charlie Day's really badly thought out right. songs. Yeah. One that you're going to hit this and go, yeah. oh, don't say these no, things. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's kind of crooning. Uh, he's trying to be a bit D'Angelo or something like that. I think this is fucking dreadful, this song. Look, this is not for me, my friend. Awful. I, I, I think this is the point in the record that I kind of... I stopped... I kind of stopped being... Uh, optimistic. Optimistic. And it's just like <laughs> being angry. Because I was right. like... For me, this song, it's, it's overproduced. Mm-hmm. It's insincere. Mm. It's all kind of... It's got this feel of burning joysticks while she's wearing thousand-pound leather trousers. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's, uh, it's reminiscent of things I like in places is it but there's nothing I like about it no no to me this is the worst bits of kind of 70s soul Mm -hmm. that really chintzy 70s soul the worst bits of 90s R&B like D'Angelo or you can't call D'Angelo the worst bit of 90s R&B no it's the worst bits of that stuff that remind me of. of oh, that. okay. Right. Um, I like D'Angelo, but do you? Oh, I think it's very dull. Uh, yeah. I like D'Angelo. It's all the worst bits of all those things. Yes, yeah. and I do think that the lyrics are really cringy. I don't know why oh, yes. he's done it. I, I mean, I think that I've I've not really mentioned much. I mean, I I think at his best, he mm. is a you know kind of serviceable lyricist. Oh, definitely. Um, There's a couple of of uh, reviews I read of you know kind of looking back at this album yeah. where people were going he's never been a good lyricist that is not his forte it's nonsense for most of it and therefore don't hold that against him I mean this entire album is pretty much a failure of the bestial test though isn't it it's yeah I mean it is it's it's a it's a very kind of putting male centric and kind of using that as a point of criticism towards early 90s rock music is an absolute exercise in futility. Yeah, for sure. Because then you wouldn't be allowed to like anything. Nothing at all. Um, but it has got a lot of that kind of uh, narcissistic wokeness about mm. it, uh, um, lyrically. The, the, the lyrics in this one, one that I made a note of, just goes, Black girl, good things you will reap because you're of the ancient vine and you're from another time. It's, it's, it's really po-faced and yeah. over sincere, and I don't know why he's done it. I don't know what he's trying to prove. I mean, it, it appears to be insinuating that she's some kind of time traveling grape, which is a lot more interesting than what I'm getting from any of the other yeah. lyrics. I, I, I def- if someone said to me that this is what that song's about, but like, that sounds good, and then I'd listen to it and I go, "You're a liar." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think this is absolutely dreadful. I mean, I, I would like to see like the Doctor Who villain, though, like the Ribenoids. <laughs> I'll be all right, yeah. yeah I'd watch that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I'll never watch no, Doctor Who. Fuck that. Right, okay, let's uh, let's let's take a break, shall yeah, we? Yeah, mate. Uh, okay, we're two-thirds of the way through. Let's do the singles. Right, here's your top ten for March 7th to 13th, 1993. Uh, number ten. I debated whether or not to try you on this one because I cannot imagine that you'll get it. But, oh, now you got it. But there is a possibility you might, because yeah. I know you're, what you like. So anyway, this is number 10. Yeah, you know what I like, baby. Oh, man. I don't remember this one bit.
Min, do you recognise the voice? I mean, I, it kind of sounds like Lisa Stansfield, but it isn't. It's, but it's, it's kind of got... no. It's one of your favourites. It's Madonna. It is Madonna. Fuck me. Yeah, off Erotica. Oh, I don't remember this at all. Then it's called Bad Girl. Okay. Yeah, do you remember there being a song called Bad Girl? Uh, look, I, when, when, when Erotica and Bedtime Stories came out, I was not listening to Madonna. Well, and no, I, 93 is not exactly peak yeah. Madonna time for you. Mm. Uh, no, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but I was fucking enjoying it just then. Oh, really? I was enjoying oh, that, yeah. Pretty dark. Well, there you uh, go. I was enjoying it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it now. It is, uh, it's in the playlist for this week's episode, so if you forget it, go back and listen to it there. Uh, that's number 10. And so, yeah, I made a top ten song. I don't remember that one bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number nine, and this is one of the worst things that we will play this year, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Right. I'll tell you what. Relief, said Fred, pop pickers. Stick it out. Right, not off. I know. I'm, we've covered this band before, and we, I'm pretty sure we mentioned this song. Yeah. Bear in mind the time that we're at. And what, what's, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's right, said Fred, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's right, said Fred. Oh, and it, it is called Stick It Out. It's the comic relief song. Fucking what? I mean, okay, I, what's worse, this or the stonk? That's there's going to be like the exact same question. I might say this. I think this might be worse than the stonk. Did I tell you I found a badge Shocking. recently? I, uh-huh. uh, and I've got a badge that says "Don't be a plonker, be a stonker." So I've got a comic <laughs> relief badge from that era. What the fuck? Mm. Why? I don't know. <laughs> When you bought a red nose, you got the badge or something like that. Well, I don't know, I probably oh, picked it up from God. free from somewhere. Or... Amazing. Uh, right, well, number nine, Stick It Out by Right Said Fred, which is easily, if we do a worst single yeah. of the year, it's going to be right up there. you got to stick it out. Awful. Uh, number eight, Iron Maiden's Fear of the Dark Live. Yeah. Uh, number seven, uh, let's see if you recognise this. Yeah, I know. It's... it's um, um, not Elastica, it's no. um, the other ones. Um, pause it because I'll talk because I, I, uh, there's yeah. Oh, it's fucking suede. It is it's, suede. Uh, animal nitrate. Animal nitrate. There absolutely, mate. Yes, 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 yes. So that's number seven. Uh, and oh, two weeks' time. We're going to be doing the, oh, the full album on that. I'm lo- do you know what? Right. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to doing that album. Are you? Well, I am I'm because the, because at the time. Suede were the fucking. I mean, I won't go too. Yeah. Suede were the enemy, sure. And I hated them, and I hated everything about them. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's changed. Okay. I think there's a good possibility it might. I've got. You, I don't you know. We'll, we'll see. Like a couple. Well, right. well, we shall see. Two episodes time, right? Fine. It'll be interesting, though. Uh, number six is Whitney Houston's "I'm Every Woman," which you've yep. seen before. Number five is Annie Lennox with "The Little Bird" and "Love Song for a Vampire" double A side. Mm-hmm. Number four is Lenny Kravitz with "Are You Gonna Go My Way." Uh, number three, Michael Jackson, "Give In to Me." Number <laughs> two, I know. Number two, and this was a big tune. All right, by Supercast. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, oh Carolina. It certainly is. Is it the Ross? Are you playing the Ross Bomber Clark mix? I don't know if I, I did. Was everyone came up first on Spotify? Well, uh, I remember there was a lot of talk of the Ross Bomber Clark mix when I was at sixth form. That's. Some... I know. I think, I think he's gone for jump and prance on this one. Yeah. Uh, so that's number two, Shaggy, and I do remember that very well. Yeah, yeah. And I did like it at the time, even though it's it's almost like a comedy song. Yeah. I really did enjoy it. But right from O Carolina, mm. would you have predicted? 
that Shaggy would continue to have hits for basically two decades. Not at all. No, no, no. I mean, like, and, surely. And be like a, a, like a really kind of significant American artist. No. Bizarre, no. isn't it? It was uh, mental. Absolutely mental. And uh, number one this week was still too unlimited with no limit. Yeah, so we've done that before. Uh, other big singles that came out in this time. Radiance the Machines Killing the Name finally came out Never in this heard period. Of it. Uh got to number twenty five. Yeah. And so that was why we saw the, the album recently back in the top ten. Um or not top ten, top thirty. Mm-hmm. Um this one, I'll be honest, I would not get this. Uh okay. I'm say if you would. Yeah, um, I, I would have had a guess at who it is. Well, yeah, I mean, the obvious guess is Nirvana. It is Nirvana. Yeah, and oh, so oh, is it? Is it aneurysm? No, no. So it's on. It's got to be on. It's, it's something that's going to be on Incesticide. No. Oh, is it not? No. Is it Oh the Guilt? Yeah. Oh, it's Oh the Guilt. The fucking it is. Uh, double A side with Jesus lizards. Exactly. Yeah, yes, 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 and. When you get into it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, of course it's that, because I have heard it, yeah. and it's, it's been on the box set, which I had. But I would not have been able to get it from the intro whatsoever, because it's not one of the ones I've heard enough times. No, no, I'm, uh, I'm the same. Did you have it at the time? Because you no. obviously knew about it coming out. It was a big deal. It was the first new material post-Nevermind. Yeah. And I remember it coming out and being very excited, and I went down to our price to get it. Mm. We could release. And I didn't buy it, because it was like eight ninety nine or something like that. Yeah. And I went, bollocks to that thinking I'll have plenty of time to get this and it was limited edition you know yeah. you couldn't get it two weeks later yeah. and never got it since uh, I've never owned and, and it and I bet a, it's like 100 quid on oh it's cards. stupid yeah it's absolutely yeah. stupid really good single though yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I, again it was one of those things where I think we have been discussing when we talked about Nevermind with a band like Nirvana I never needed to be a completist oh, right. because somebody else I was see. always the like the, I was never the big Nirvana fan in our group mm-hmm Sometimes I do wonder. I feel like I've kind of made at points positioned myself to be in the place to pick up an album because I knew nobody else was going to get it. Because oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I do know. Buy. I remember buying albums, being like, okay, well, I'm going to get this because I know when I know's got it, so I can't get a copy of right, it. Right. So yeah. So I'll get this, and this will be my thing that I put in the kind of little taping. And you take circle. for everyone. Yeah. Sure. Right. Well, yeah. No, it's entirely possible as well that I did just kind of think, oh, well, one of my friends will have this, and I'll get them to. Take me, take me it, and that will be enough. Yeah. Obviously, no, I'm gutted. I am. Yeah, of course. I'm really gutted. I didn't buy it. It's just fucking spend the money, Christer, and have it. I mean, Christer, but... I mean, I could just say that to you now. Well, you're absolutely right. I, I could just, just go and buy just, it. Just go and buy it. I know. If you really want it, just go and buy it. Treat yourself. Treat myself. Yeah. Uh, but also, I remember hearing the Jesus Reborn, one, hearing Puss, I'm thinking, that's okay, yeah. but it's not my thing. So it was almost, well, that puts me off as well. It's not, I'm yeah. not buying it for that too. See, I don't think I got into Jesus Lizard for like another year. No, I saw Jesus Lizard live, read in 94. Yeah. And yeah. then I went, ah, oh, this is fucking insane. Right. Because like, I still, I, I'm oh, still. Oh, a live band. I, I, I don't think I've seen, I still don't think I've seen a, a, a more satisfying front man than David Yao ever. Okay. That's a, yeah, that's a good call. He's peak frontman, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, well, uh, that got to number 12. Uh, this one only got to number 50, but you'll know this. Screaming trees. Yes. 
with Nearly Lost You. Oh, this is, I mean, this is just such a fucking good song, man. Terrific. Yeah, terrific song. Uh, Lanigan is such a weird dude, isn't he? It's like, like he, he has so much output, mm-hmm. and a lot of it, I'll be like, oh, I'm fine with that. I'll well, generally check out anything else. But then every now and again, we just put something out that is just like so fucking good. Right. Like you, have you got that Bubblegum album? No. When's that from? Probably like early 2000, probably 2003, 2004, no. something like that. No. That is fucking such a good record. Just from well, start solo, to finish, it? yeah. All oh, right. It's either Mark Lanigan or the Mark Lanigan band. Oh, I see. Okay. It's the same thing, really, isn't it? But yeah, right. absolutely brilliant record. In fact, I'm going to listen to that tomorrow. Very nice. Okay. Uh, this one got to number 10. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's straight away. Ask Jamiroquai. Yes, it is. Return of the Space Cowboy? No. No. Uh, 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 it's off the first album. Uh, oh, so it's... Um, hang on. It's, uh, oh, don't, don't let it play. Don't let it play. Don't let it drop. Uh, it's... Um, oh, fuck. What's it called? I hate when I can't remember the Oh, yeah, there you go. Too Young to Die. That's the one. Got to number 10. Uh, and that's an album, again, I would have assumed that we might have to do, but we don't. No, but we'll probably have to do every other album we do. Yeah, I'm 90s. pretty sure we have to do the next one. Can we just do them all in one? <laughs> just do a greatest hits and call it. Yeah, yeah call it a day. Uh, Prince and the New Power Generation released the Morning Papers uh, yeah. at this point, which we've already covered. Mm-hmm. Only got to number 52. You know, it's, yeah. it's probably fourth or fifth single. As I say, lot really enjoyed that song. Right. I don't think you did. Not particularly. No, no. no. Um, this one you, you'll get because this was played at every club in the world. Yep, Scream Major. Indeed, it is Therapy Scream Major, which was uh, on well, what they called the Short Sharp Shock EP. Mm-hmm. And it got to number nine. Well, it's yeah. top ten EP for them. That's good. Uh, this one got to number 11. It's a, it's a PM Dawn. Yes, it is. Yeah, PM set, a Dawn. On, set a drift on memory. No, Not it's the that other one. one. It's, the, uh, it's looking through patient eyes. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, number eleven. Is, and this was before I bought the album. Mm. I'm pretty sure. And whenever I used to think PM Dawn, that sounds pretty cool. Mm. Then I bought the album, and it's wishy washy crap. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, but yeah, got to the number eleven. Um, number twenty six. This finally released as a single. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's um, Them Bones by Alice in Chains. Yes, it is. So I was about to say Angry Chair. Oh, I see. No, no. Them Bones. Uh, 26 is pretty good for that. For, yeah. For a, a pretty hard alternative rock band. I mean, it, would, it was number one album in all of the fucking rock press. Right, sure. At the end of this year. Right. Okay, so, so a bit massive hype about it. Da Lynch Mob uh, mm-hmm. released Freedom Got an AK. Okay. Got to number 51. From the album Gorillas in the Mist. Yeah, which uh, coincidentally, Gorillas, I, I totally well, didn't even think about it, but I was ordering some stuff off Discogs about two weeks ago and looking through all the rest of the stuff the seller had, and he had Freedom Got an AK 12-inch for two quid. I went, I'll have that. Yeah. So I've now got that. Very Sweet. happy. Yep. Uh, Fluke released Slid. Got to number 59, so that's what we're starting to see some Fluke stuff. Yeah, for fl- Fluke were the kind of, like, they're kind of warpy, 
electronic. Yeah, it was. Like, I, I always placed them as kind of the orb, but weirder. Right, that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. It's it's what I describe as album music. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, DJ Hype released "Shot in the Dark." Got the number sixty three. Nice. So again, we're starting to see the roots. You know, some what, little what, tendrils of drum and bass. Jungle. Why did he release it in the dark though? Um, I think budget constraints. Fair enough. Mm. Was it dark jungle? Yes. <laughs> do, do you remember that time when uh, like everyone would talk to you about drum and bass and they always had, whoever was talking to you about it would have a different subgenre that you'd never heard of before. <laughs> they made no, up. No, no, mate. I'm just like uh, dark jungle. Oh, no, no. It's only dark jungle I like. So what are you on about? Yeah, like? Stop it. What's the difference? Stop it. Yeah. But there you go. That's all the singles I've got. It's you know not a brilliant selection, if I'm more honest. There's some of the, you've got a lot of big alt stuff. You've got Razor's Machine, Nirvana, Jesus, Lizard, Screaming Trees, Alice in Chains. So oh, that's, a, pr- that's, a, no, that's, that's a who's who. Solid, but then you've got... The top ten especially is not great. Right said, Fred, mate. Just, I mean, that's negative ten enough. <laughs> That it brings everything else down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's. I do... love how much you hate White said Fred. Oh, I and, love it. And, and things I didn't hate them before we had to do that episode. I love. How I was much perfectly okay with them being a thing. I mean, and I... then I had to listen to the album. I mean, I'm 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 hatching a plan as we speak. <laughs> oh, what to, to to get a cameo of Right said Fred saying hello to Christer? No, 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 I can't do that because someone already did you a cameo. I've got to go further. Oh, I see. Jesus. No. And just, 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 you know, just, just on past experience, Krista, uh-huh. when, when an idea like this ferments in my brain, uh, what normally happens? I, I just, I like the fact that <laughs> you, you will not have enough money to do anything bad for a long time to to make this happen. You, you reckon? Yeah, uh, I, I'm definite. I'm about to, I'm about to, about to lose my mortgage, mate. It's going to be wonderful. Oh, anyway, um... yeah, let's let's get back into this Eddie Kravitz album quickly, then, please. <laughs> So we are at track number eight, which yep. is My Love. How much do you reckon it can cost a hire? <laughs> right, so Fred's leading covers band yeah. of the <laughs> well, you're, Do you reckon they're called Wrong Said Fred or Left Said Fred? Which would you go for if you're a covers I band? don't know. I'd be, your left Said Fred is a good one, isn't mm. it? No, what I tell you what I would do. Right. I know exactly what I'd do. You go first. No. I, would, um, I would be a three-piece... Uh, Rastafarian uh, Right Said Fred covers band called Right Said Dread. Nice, nice, I like it. <laughs> right. But as a cover version band, I would be Right Said Fraud. Right Said Fraud is That's fucking the one, it's got to be. Wonderful. Brilliant, yeah. right. Uh, okay, in the, in the background, we've got My Love Anyway by Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. And <laughs> I love that we're just ignoring the <laughs> yeah. album at this point. <laughs> it's background music. Uh, I mean, again, this is a bit Beatles to me. Um, it's got that, that the kind of the droning inflection, uh, the, that Beatles-esque sound to it. Yeah. I, I like the little guitar riff in the background. It's it's subtle. It's not a big thing, but I like it. I kind of like what this is doing overall, if I'm honest. Um, I like the, the whole feel. It's, yeah. it's a feel of a song yeah, to I mean, me. I don't think we're a million miles apart. I wrote here... Uh, nice groove under that kind of that big kind of vocal harmony at the start mm-hmm. um, the, but I, I like aspects of it the problem with it is it sounds like a demo there's there's if, if they haven't okay. there's not enough song in it yeah it's like a load of ideas it's like a it's like a really nice kind of like a it's a really nice palette it's like a, it's like mm. a Pinterest for a good song oh right well I suppose that's kind of what I said about um, what was that track three wasn't it about come on and yeah. love me yeah the same yeah. thing right. and I, I kind of you know I, I was probably slightly less I probably liked the components less of, on right. that one than mm. I do on this one um, but what I will say I, I wrote that down no song 
Uh, and I, and those, those were my notes until I got to... Bearing in mind that this song is three minutes and 53 mm-hmm. seconds. And the solo starts around two minutes and plays till the end. Yeah. The, the, this yeah. is essentially a solo delivery system. Yeah. And it's not a really huge, fast, overblown one because it's a more mellow mm-hmm. vibe to it. The solo is... Yes, it is a solo, but it feels like it's more naturally part of the song. Yeah. It do- it doesn't feel like it's an, just an extra bit they've tagged. Mm-hmm. It f- this is like where they're going with the song. I-, I like it. This would be a brilliant album track on a better album. Fine. As it stands, it's one of my preferred tracks on the album. Yeah, yeah. So probably, probably my third favourite track on the album. Okay. But... It could be more. Yeah, exactly. It's, right. it's basically... It's, for for me, for it to be a successful album track, yeah. it's either could be exactly the way it is, surrounded by better songs, mm-hmm. and this is the one that's a bit more tangential and a bit more loose, yeah. or it's got to be reworked up and be a kind of a, a better song, so it's a standout track in Not the rest of this one. album. Right, and it's kind of again neither fish nor fowl. Mm. Uh, fuck, that's the second time I've said that. Yeah, this you're, thing, isn't it? you're into it. Fuck, I really am. Um, it's neither duck nor platypus. Lovely. It's decent, but it's it, it's it smells of regret and missed opportunities. Okay, I I, I really like this. I think it's a really right, cool. lovely sound. Uh, but I do get a little bit distracted when I was looking at the lyrics again, and it's called "My Love." And essentially, Lenny Kravitz going, my love is like this, and my love is like that. So, uh, my love paints the desert sky, my love walks the hundredth mile, my love has an angel smile. It's, you know, he's yeah. just listing his love. And I couldn't help thinking of, you know, Mickey Avalon's song, My Dick, yeah. which is Mickey Avalon and a few other MCs yeah. just going, my dick yeah. is this and my dick is that. It, I couldn't not think of right. that being the kind of the, the more grown-up version of this. You know, my dick is like, my dick is so, is so hot, it's stolen. Your dick looks like Gary Coleman. That sort of shit. My, <laughs> My, great my dick, size of a pumpkin, your dick looked like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> so, to me, I couldn't get that out of my head when I was listening through this really nice Lenny Kravitz yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I would absolutely... Uh, I've put the Mickey Avalon song in the playlist for this as well. Sure. For the people who don't know it, do go and check it out. It's hilarious. Yes, indeed. It's really good. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't take away from the tune. I still really like the tune on this one. Yeah, that, that's definitely in my kind of top three as well. Sure. All right, uh, number nine then. Sugar. 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 Doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. Oh, I immediately hate that tone, don't you? Oh. Uh, Pop jazz. Yeah. The... I was reading again some different reviews about the the album and they were talking about this one was sort of his take on Curtis Mayfield those kind of um, 70s not pop soul but big expansive string led bit of funk bit of soul and Curtis Mayfield I think has some great tunes but this this, if you're going to compare it to him this would be one where you've heard a Curtis Mayfield song and then you went if we just cut the balls off it, what would happen? This, this, this sounds this sounds more to me like the musicians in ABBA covering Curtis Mayfield, right? Um, and to get do the vocals, they've just brought in some kind of nuisance sex pest caller. Which again, you know, I'm okay with. That all sounds great to me. I mean, I, I, at this point, I am so <laughs> bored of your shit lyrics, Lenny. Oh yeah, just fucking sugar. Really, you can do better than this. Oh mate, you've lived a life. This is. Uh, I also picked up on the, how rubbish the lyrics are in this one. This is a, a low point of, in an album of very few points. 
Things like sugar, my fantasy, sugar, you were made for me. Come on, mate. That is placeholder at Mm -hmm. best. That's what you sing in the studio when you're jamming, going, don't worry, guys, I will absolutely write something much better than this for the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In general, the songs that I've liked on this album have had much more of a swagger to them. Uh, They've had much more balls. They've had a riff or two that I will remember the next day, that sort of shit. This one... Nothing. And when you look at Lenny Kravitz and you look at him, you know, in the context of whichever time frame you look at Mm. at him in, right? And that's whether you look at him now when you see his fucking like ridiculous tops off pictures when he's in his fucking was he sixty or something? Yeah. And he just looks ridiculously cut and buff. I know. Right. What a bastard. Or when you look at him in a field of flannel shirts wearing kind of you know leather flares, you know, Mm -hmm. he's always been someone that carries himself with a lot of swagger and with a kind of an air of authority. Yeah. And that's why this wishy washy shit doesn't fly for me. I don't understand it. Do not understand it. When he is capable of writing songs like Are You Gonna Wait Away or even the stuff up like Mama said, mm-hmm. the, the, those those kind of more crunchy big hits. Yeah. Why is there so much of this bland shit? Yeah, justify my love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, justify yeah. my love. That's a fucking sexy song. Filth. Absolute yeah. filth. Yeah, it's, and it's jagged and it's... it's uh, anyway, no. all of these things. Look, let's do track 10, which is called Sister. Right. And this is by far the longest song on the album at seven minutes. Well, that's good. Yeah. Look, Musically, it's just fucking more the same, isn't it? It's an acoustic ballad that has yeah. some strings in the middle. Lyrically, he's on a slightly more serious tip. He's kind mm-hmm. of addressing, you know, problematic relationship. Whether sure. it's his actual sister or his figurative sister, it's not made clear. Yeah. But, you know, at this point, there's an insincerity, insincerity that I'm probably projecting at, onto, the, onto okay. it at this point. You, you're looking for it by this point. Ultimately, it's just dull. That's the and thing. It's dull and really long. Dull. Yeah. Um, about halfway through, there, this, the guitar starts to wig out a bit, and I find it get a bit more interesting at that point. But that's halfway through a seven-minute song. You know, you've absolutely buggered me for three minutes with this really uh, this saccharine shit. And you, okay, you're starting to try and get me interested, and then it just fades away again. And you, and you also, and you, we're also ten tracks in at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Ten tracks in of. An album where what have we said? It was like seventy percent are slow songs. Yeah, and this is not no. a long album. This is only a forty-four no, no. minute album, no. but it felt no, no. long. And that is, we've said it so many times. It's the ideal length. You got eleven tracks, forty-four minutes. Brilliant. You'd go mm-hmm. into this going, "Oh, this is going to be wall-to-wall bangers." What a shame. Yeah, absolutely. What a shame. Now this is unnecessarily long and bland. All right, let's do track eleven. Right. Yeah. So the last track on the album, and presumably you were the same as me. You thought there was something lacking in this album didn't I you absolutely did yeah yeah well what's this track called eleutheria mm. oh thank god oh reggae a bit of reggae oh well it's all I'm <laughs> <gonna> fucking, <laughs> all is forgiven yeah. all is forgiven wow Lenny. good lord Oh. Yeah. Let's hope this album finishes strong, yeah? Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> I've got here is fucking reggae, just fucking end. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Yeah, five minutes of this. <laughs> Trite as fuck lyrics. An absolutely oh. awful tune. Really bad. Like one of the worst reggae numbers that we've come across yet, and we really have come across some bad Oh, we absolutely have. Uh, There's something more unforgivable about Lenny Kravitz doing a bad reggae song than there is for Elton John doing a bad... You'd expect Elton John, if he's going to do a reggae song, you go, oh, that's going to be dreadful. 
Lenny Kravitz doing one, you might go, maybe there might be a bit more kind of well, you proper like, I mean, soul like, to it. Like, okay, oh, this he, is he's is, got dreadlocks, right? He does, and he might have some kind and, of he, fire in the game on this sure, one. Sure, no. no, this is sub UB forty shit, really bad. This is janky shit, man. Awful. Um, it's apparently about. Uh, an island in the Bahamas called Eleuthera, or Eleuthera, I'm not sure, uh, where Kravitz built a house in a recording studio. And so he decided to write a song. And fair enough, if I had a house in the Bahamas and a recording studio, I would probably write a song about it because I'd want the world to know that shit. Mm-hmm. I want to brag about it. But I wouldn't write this awful reggae. Oh this is Lord. this is a this is a bad song. It's this a mistake. Is, this one. Oh, it's it's an absolute mistake. And it's the worst kind of mistake because it's the fucking closer of the album. Mm-hmm. If you had the choice, either leave it off mm-hmm. or do a different song. Either one of those are better options than having this as track eleven and finishing on this. This is I, the worst kind of bad taste in your mouth. What I think we should do, given the amount of awful tracks that we've discovered, mm-hmm. that otherwise well-minded people. Have they seem to be sneaking these reggae tracks on? We should start an elite task force, yes, where we just sneak into recording studios and erase the reggae tracks. Yeah, done. Mm. Reggae, reggae, gone. Yeah, you sure. want to be a part of my sting operation? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> look at this. Look what's happened here. <laughs> Someone call the police. Aye. Aye. Jesus, Fuck uh, me. Yeah. right? Okay, no, it's a total mistake. Um, right, so. Uh, let's let, let's move over to the socials. It's oh, social indeed, right. media yeah. time. We should have some. We should start. We should, we should have some uh, jingles. We, no, we have, no, because well, no, that would just involve me making that. I can't be arsed. Oh, no, I'll get someone else to do it. No, fine. Right. Okay. So what have we got here? Oh, right. Yeah. So we asked for people. Um, you know, anyone else have memories of this album, etc. Michael Collins, uh, regular listener and contributor, was one of the first people to reply. He said he bought it at the time because he was already a fan of the first two albums, so fair play. He says it's probably my least favourite of those first records, but still has some great songs, and the, he and his band were a cracking act. Uh, I'm not au fait enough with the first two albums to be able to judge this one in contrast, no. but I will take Michael Collins' uh, word for it because he knows his shit. Lovely, Mike. Thank you. Uh, so David Burgess saw Lenny Kravitz live at Brixton and he was blisteringly good. Listen to this album now. Starts off strong, fades quickly at track three. Mm-hmm. Continues to descend there. If you want riffs, go to ACDC. At least the next episode is Depeche Mode. Yeah, yeah I'll go along with that. As I say, I've, I've seen Lenny Kravitz live a couple of times mm. and he was good. I have oh, strong dude. memories of it. He's definitely a contender for a really good Greatest Hits album, you know? Uh, his best 12 songs are going to be 12 very good songs. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's over the course of seven albums, yeah. and therefore there's only one or two an album, yeah. A fair play, though, I, I agree with that. Uh, John in Leeds, who is uh, always in with some strangers, has just gone, Hitchhiker Anthem. Yeah. Are you going to go my way? Yeah, fair oh, play. Oh, there we go. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, no context. I don't that's that's what it is. Uh, Giovanni Bien. Yeah. Oh, uh, mate, I do. I like this guy. Yeah. He's got some cracking takes on stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, keep these fucking coming, dude. Yeah. Bought the album on holiday in Italy in the summer of 93. Honestly, don't know why. Not the sort of <laughs> stuff I'd listen to. Uh, I think I was trying to be the sort of person who would listen to Lenny Kravitz. I gave up on it. I don't remember if I liked it. This wasn't helpful. Yeah, really. that's mate, great. Do you know what? How similar that is, though, to my fucking thing with this record. That you wanted to be the yeah, yeah absolutely no i get all of those things i do i get that wanting to be the one wanting to buy into it because you think this is cool i want to like it yeah that's great uh i will die before you got uh in touch um said uh, that riff though 
yes. I mean, that is the big thing you do remember. Yeah. So, that riff. Fond memories of this album, indeed, of the first three albums. Very talented is Mr. Kravitz. Uh, he had the insanely brilliant, brilliant drummer Cindy Blackman in the video for Are You Gonna Go My Way? Don't know if she's on the album recording. Uh, I answered that, I think, in, yeah, whenever we did. talked about it. Uh, but he says that he saw her play live with Buckethead, too. Well, that must have been... Wow. I, I would imagine uh, you went to Wagamama for some noodles beforehand. <laughs> no, fucking... I, I could imagine that was a fucking ridiculous show, man. Yeah. And uh, Dave Roddy... Dave. Uh, discovered Lenny Crabsticks. <laughs> he hasn't seen that for a while. Uh, after he played with Slashing Guns and Roses in Paris. There you oh, go. Oh, that's the one Same you said. That, yeah. Right, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, hadn't seen that before this, uh, which was shown on the telly just before the usual illusion dates in the UK. Right. So, Mum's head loved it. Loved Are You Gonna Wear My Also, uh, a mate in school put it on a tape for me with Depeche Mode songs of Face and both on the other side. Well, hi, so, hi, uh, how bizarre. Uh, great tunes, massive singles, front loaded. Uh, but is there any love? Is a favorite track, a super cool fucker and super talented, played most of the album himself and produced, I think. He did, yeah. No, I was looking at that and because I was looking up to see if Cindy Blackman had played the yep. drums uh, on that track. And no, Lenny Kravitz played the drums and he did play all the instruments at some point on most of the the record. Well, uh, he, he, he was like the entire base for everything. Yeah, but you know, so did uh, Kid Rock on his. So. Oh, God, yeah. Anyway, right, guys, thank you as always for getting in touch. We've been nominated for something. I'm not sure what we've been nominated for. Uh, been nominated yeah, for? No, there, there's um, uh, a podcast website, like an aggregator kind of thing, yeah. who are doing some awards. Quite the thing media. Yeah, indeed. Well, we've been nominated. I don't know who nominated us. Probably one of our fans, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and many fans. But yeah, um, no, so thank you, whoever it was. Was. Yeah, uh, we don't know really who cool. that was. Um, I think, yeah, but to be honest, the voting will have started by the time this episode comes out. So yeah. I was going to say, I'll put a link out, but I'm. You, you will have seen a link by the time you hear this. Yeah. Uh, if you do fancy voting for us, then please do. That'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Thank you for keeping in contact as always. Yeah, right, let's, let's wrap this motherfucker up. Right. So, uh, overall, disappointing album, I feel. Very disappointing. Uh, loads of potential, went into it optimistic was very disappointed with the amount mm. of just boring songs yeah, on it, which yeah, was yeah, not yeah. what I expected. I expected there to be a lot more songs like Are You Gonna Go My Way, which I would then go, well, it's not as good as Are You Gonna Go My Way. But there aren't. The, I mean, no I, songs... just, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the story of the album. I don't know what nah. the thing is. I, I don't know whether, you know, maybe he was advised away from those songs because that's not the way that the, the, the water was flowing. I don't know. Well, it's, it, and it, it just also, seems like a fucking strange choice. It, it, it's entirely possible the record company did say, no, that's not what you should do. Or maybe he didn't want to because, like we said, Are You Going to My Way wasn't commercially released as a single. You know, and uh, the, the middle two were... And Is There Any Love In Your Heart wasn't. The two really dull ones were singles in the yeah. US. So those are the ones that the record company were pushing. That's what they wanted to push Lenny Kravitz as. But this more overtly rocker one, they were like, oh, well, we'll put it out, we'll make yeah, a video. Well, but I mean, Maybe know. this is the thing. Is that maybe, you know, at the, at the point, they don't understand what's going on with the, with the rock stuff that they know how to sell. So mm. they're going, well, we're not putting money behind this. No. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. We, 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 we're pontificating. We but are. Let's wrap this up, shall yeah. we? Yeah, okay. So how many songs are we going to put on uh, to the ongoing playlist, which you can find a link to, obviously, on the website, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, this is a, I mean for me, this is a, a one. There are two songs that I would put on there, but I don't feel strongly enough to go for two. There's only one that I really enjoyed, and that was Is There a Love in Your Heart? But you didn't really like that one. No. I mean, the only song I would put up for this, I think, is Are You Gonna Go My Way. Oh, really? I think that's the only one I would put my right. money behind. If, okay. If that's, you know, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, just because I, I, obviously, I do like it. 
I do. Yeah. It's a good tune. I've said it's a good tune, but it's just so. I've just heard it so many times. Uh, well, if uh, we put it on, will you let me do? Are you going to go my way as well? Uh, oh, sorry. Is there any love in your heart? Beg your pardon. That's what I meant to say. Uh, is there any love in your heart? Just put that one on. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I don't really have skin in the game on this one. Oh, I, I, I really I, like that one. I see. I I I think. Oh, you're going to go my way is the better song, but. Mm. No one's going to be like, oh, I've not heard this before. You don't give enough of yeah. a shit. So, yeah, there's, there oh, you okay. go. That's there, fine. We'll do that. that. Is there any love in your I'm heart? Ha- I'm happy with that. And, yeah, just as a warning to everyone else, don't listen to 90% of the rest of this album because it's really dull. It's really bad. It's yeah. really bad. And if you're, li- if you're listening to this, Susanna, I'm so sorry because right. I know you love Lenny yeah. so much. I'm so, so sorry. Oh, well. Anyway, um, right, guys, we will be back. Um, mm. We're trying to keep to two weeks. Thank you for bearing with us if we don't. Um, I mean, we don't get paid for it. So, I mean, no. it's, it's a fairly, fairly... No, we did. We, we, we kind of put a, a thing on our, our podcast website. You know, oh, we are open to, we're available for adverts. If anybody wants to, nothing. No, no, no one wants no to advertise us. It's, 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 it's probably because they hear it and they go, oh, they, 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 these guys swear quite a lot, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's true. We, we are trying to cut down the swearing. We are better than we were. We're, are we? Yeah, we're, oh, we're definitely better than we were. Right, thank you for being with us, guys. Take care. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is pclpodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com.